The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, wealth to Bears All Access. Your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Ford. And a great evening to everybody out there, and welcome into another edition of Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller in uh, Michigan in his home after a day on the air on Sirius XM NFL Radio. We're going to hop right to it. We got our special guest ready to go, fired up, and uh, enjoying what was a crazy NBA trade deadline. I saw tweets all day from Allen Robinson, the Bears veteran wide receiver, kind enough to join us here on Bears All Access. Allen, good evening. How you doing? You love that NBA, don't you? I do, I do, I do, and thanks for having me. You know, um, uh, the NBA is fun. You know, basketball has a has a very uh, dear place in my heart. You know, it's something that I played um, ever since I can remember. So, um, you know, it has a special place in my heart. You know, so it's fun being able to follow the NBA, and you know, also not being in season. You know, when I'm when I'm during season, I don't really focus too much on the NBA, but you know, being able just to wake up and look at the news, and you know, actually be able to watch ESPN. You know, because I don't during season. You know, it's pretty it's pretty fun and exciting for me. What uh, struck a chord with you today with the league? Man, you know, um, I was actually uh, pretty uh, pretty surprised at not seeing Anthony Davis traded. You know, um, again, I think there's so many different storylines that you see across the NBA. You know, you see guys tra- being traded mid-game. You see veteran guys being traded. You see young guys being traded. You see guys being traded three times and then being waived. You know, so it's a lot of it was a lot going on during this NBA trade deadline. Hey, Alan, what about through your journey through free agency last year? Did you have any of these conversations behind the scenes that players were recruiting you, or maybe even a coach was saying how well they respected your ability? Uh, you know, you hear a lot of different things, you know, from my from my agent, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, for me, um, especially with Chicago, you know, um, by by me being close friends with Adrian Amos, you know, I had just kind of talked to him to and, and really got a feel of how Chicago was, you know, be, being able to talk to Prince Amukamara, you know, playing with him in Jacksonville, you know, being able to, to talk to a couple guys that I knew, you know, about the city of Chicago, you know, and that was a big thing for me, like I said before. Um, Chicago was one of the only teams that did kind of kind of have that benefit for me, you know, to be able to actually talk to some guys who are, who are currently on the roster and who have been there and who have been in the city of Chicago. Well, Alan, Jim Miller here. It was a pleasure talking to you down in Atlanta when you were with your, your teammates and Tariq Cohen joined you uh, that day on set. And just as you reflect and you see that Super Bowl 53 is in the books and just how close the Bears were as a football team, why, why not us? Everybody always says, and why not the Bears in 2019? You know, um, I think we have all the talent in the world to accomplish that. You know, um, I think for us, you know, again, starting day one, um, whenever we start and get back in April, you know, the number one goal and the first starting point for us is, yes, we do want to win a Super Bowl, but we know we have to start with, you know, winning the division, you know, and, and again, we're going to have to sit back and watch, you know, there's going to be some changes being done in the, in the division, you know, probably some, some small changes on our roster, just like, just like everybody, you know, it's a, it's a different team from, from a year to year, you know, maybe be some small changes, maybe some big changes, but it's a different team, you know, so once we step foot in the facility, you know, once we return back, you know, we have to stay locked in on our goals, and, you know, we got to work twice as hard as we did last season. Hey, Alan, what's different for you this off season, and where and how will you focus your time? Um, you know, for me, it's, it's good, you know, being um, being healthy, you know, at this standpoint and being able to being able to do some, some things, you know. Um, again, uh, still still getting back to 100%, you know, I was nursing a, 
an injury where I fractured my ribs late in the season last year. You know, so just so just kind of kind of working through that. You know, and being able to have time to just kind of really um, work on all aspects of my body. You know, my my joints and everything like that, and really hone in on to certain specifics that I want to get accomplished this year as opposed to last year. You know, the main focus was just to get back to 100% and get back on the field. Alan Robinson, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller with you, and Alan Robinson, the Bears veteran wide receiver. I know you and I talked uh, right after the end of the season in the locker room, and you had a big smile on your face. Yet the loss hurt. But you were excited about just what you're alluding to here to, to kind of reinvent the body a little bit, to have, you know, full capacity to get yourself exactly physically right, get you all balanced up and ready to roll. Um, is that the underrated aspect of coming back from an injury even a year and a half later? Almost definitely. You know, um, I think it's very underrated, you know, because once you get through that first year, that 12-month process around, you know, 13, 14 months, you know, at the same time, you're still playing catch-up, you know, but your body is still it's still a little beat up, you know, from just the amount that it had to endure, you know, throughout the recovery process, you know. So so now this, to feel like I'm not playing catch-up, you know, to be able to kind of set certain benchmarks that I want to set going into the season and to be able to work my way up and, you know, and peak at the right time, you know, um, going into the season is – it's definitely big, you know, and like I said before, you know, being able to have all the time in the world to, to focus on some of the specifics that I want to focus on body-wise, football-wise, and everything like that, you know, I think it's, it's definitely going to benefit me a lot. And, and every guy's different. I know some guys, they feel like they get their explosion back two years after ACL surgery. And, and for you, did, did you feel you got all that explosion back or is there still work to be done in that area? And here you still led the Bears in receiving in 2018. You know, it's definitely still – Still work to be done, you know, but as the course of the season went last year, you know, I did I did start to feel that explosion, you know, coming back, you know, about um game game five or six in the season. You know, I started to progress a lot. You know, and again I think um I think our training staff and our strength staff did a great job of, you know, um also also just helping me throughout the course of the process of, you know, um I'm still implementing plyos throughout the course of the of the game weeks, you know, still still doing a lot of strengthening work through the course of the game weeks, you know, and I thought they did a great job of just having a good plan for me all season long when it came to uh week to week. Hey, Alan, um, it's about Matt Nagy. Did anything surprise you about him this year on or off the field? You know, from the unique things he does on the field with the personnel groupings, including the defensive players, to the atmosphere after the games. Anything surprise you about Matt? Nothing surprised me at all. You know, and definitely uh, congratulations to Coach Nagy, you know, for winning Coach of the Year. You know, I, think, I thought it was very, very well deserved, you know, um, but um, nothing surprised me at all. You know, I think the biggest thing for me um, you know, looking from the outside in, you know, before actually being a part of this team was that, you know, I knew that that was something that he did very well was to was to move guys around, put guys in a certain position, you know, and, and really cause different different havoc for defense. You know, I think whenever defenses don't know exactly where guys are lining up or have some wrinkles to their play, you know, it's tough to kind of to kind of scheme for a lot of guys, not just scheming for guys, but, you know, for, for the whole scheme of thing, it's hard for defensive coordinators to, to know exactly where guys are going to be at or, or what's exactly going to be run from this, you know. So I knew I knew when I did my little bit of research on on Coach Nagy, you know, before he got to Chicago, you know, I knew that that was a big part of, of his offense, and that was something that I wanted to be a part of. Alan Robinson, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score it says Bears All Access as the offseason now moves into a different phase. Uh, you took in the Super Bowl, I assume. Uh, I want to know what your takeaway is on that game, and uh, did you see yourself – and your teammates playing in that game as it was unfolding because it very much could have been that way for the Chicago Bears in 2018. Uh, the actual game itself, I did not see, um, but I am 
I definitely foresaw us, you know, playing in that game, you know, um, just as far as, you know, as I was watching the rest of the playoffs and stuff like that, you know, um, just as far as certain plays that were made, you know, defensively and, and offensively. You know, I saw every guy in the locker room make those plays. You know, I saw guys, um, you know, certain throws that were made. I saw Mitch make, you know, certain catches that were made. I saw guys in our receiver room make, you know, certain certain runs and, and certain um, – Certain uh, receiving yards being being gotten from the backfield, you know, I saw Tariq make, you know, um, same thing on defense. You know, I saw a lot of the plays being made um, that we made all year long, you know. So it's no doubt in my mind that, that the Bears don't have the possibility and don't have the, the locker room to be there in 2019. Well, you mentioned, and you guys played both teams when you look at New England and, and the Rams. I guess, and this was, everybody considered this the year of offense in the NFL. Were you surprised at least at the score? It was so low scoring. And you faced both those defenses. I mean, did you think it was going to have the edge that way and why it leaned the Patriots' way? Um, I did not. You know, and again, it's tough for me to say because um, I didn't see I didn't see the game. You know, so when I did see the see the score and just kind of you know saw some of the saw some of the uh, updates on my phone. You know, as far as the score and stuff like that, I was a bit surprised. You know, I have to sit back um, and watch the game. I know I'll probably watch the game at some point in time this offseason just to kind of see you know how the game went. You know, but I was definitely surprised. You know. Um, um, New England is, is normally a pretty good team in the red zone, you know, so I don't know how many times they got to the red zone or didn't, but I, I expected them to get there a little bit more. And defensively, I knew that um, I knew that New England was going to try to keep the Rams, you know, out the end zone and keep them kicking field goals, you know. So, um, and again, I thought the Rams had a pretty good offense to be able to get down there as well, you know. So, um, I didn't expect it to be that low scoring. You know, I thought they may get into a little bit of a, of a field goal competition early on, but I thought the things may kind of uh, settle out a little bit and, and you may see some guys get into the end zone. But, yeah, I was really shocked by the score. Well, Alan, it may shock you to find this out, but, you know, given what uh, Jim just threw out there for you, the only snap of the game in the red zone was the New England touchdown run by Sonny Michel. That was it for the two teams. So one red zone snap in the game. Wow. Yeah, I would have never guessed. I would have <laughs> never guessed. You know, I mean, that's that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty small field that those guys were playing on, you know, as far as neither team – Getting to the getting to the red zone, except for except for on that on that possession, you know, um, that's a that's a that's a eighty yard field, you know. So those defenses, credit to those defenses. I mean, they played they had to play lights out, you know, to be able to to keep both teams really out of not only the red zone, but I mean, from the scoreboard, it looks like they kept them pretty much out of field goal range as well, you know. So I mean, that's that's kudos to those defenses. Sure did. All right, Alan, we appreciate you, man. I hope to talk to you throughout the off season from time to time here on Bears All Access. Enjoy your evening. All right. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Alan Robinson, Bears receiver, our guest here on Bears All Access, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, coming back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over a million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff and Tom in studio here in Chicago and in Michigan at his home. Jim Miller, our trio, back together again. Another week of Bears All Access. We just listened to Alan Robinson. If you have any conversation you'd like to throw on the table here, 312-644-6767. Adam Staczynski is our producer tonight helping us out as well. Any takeaways from uh, Alan Robinson, Big Tom and Jim? You know, I for me, when Jim talked about the process of recovery and how long it takes, I think he got a reflection of his commitment to the game and how well he did one year into the process. But I still think there's so much left for Allen Robinson to achieve in this system. The smarter, the better, the more efficient that Mitchell Trubisky gets, the more opportunities that it's going to present for Allen Robinson because I think he's going to win a lot of big guy battles against some of the DBs he's going to play against. Um, And when 
Matt, last year talked about this offense being in a developmental stage like a freshman class. How quickly can you go from a freshman class offense to a graduate class offense within one year? Or is this going to be a three-year process? I mean, process? I think Matt keeps talking about, you know, you, you, you killed it at 101. Now you're going to 201. So. Right. Well, Jim, can you <laughs> can you go from – does it have to be 101, 201, 301 process for Mitch and Allen Robinson and the crew? Or can you go from a freshman class level to maybe a junior, senior class level? Yeah, I think it can be done as, as at an accelerated level. They're just going to be so much further ahead than that, what they were, and especially for Allen Robinson. I mean, think about in that interview, he said he was just starting like plyometrics during the season. <laughs> to work on his explosion, he'll be much further ahead of the game just having his body prepared uh, to play. And I do think they'll dive into the X's and O's. What they covered is now in the bank, and now they just can keep on investing in new things that they're going to introduce uh, the players, and they'll be at a much more accelerated level. Well, on top of that, too, he can actually go and uh, meet up with Mitch Trubisky and the other receivers and throw the You're ball right. around during the offseason, you know, and get back into that sink. You know, their chemistry grew. I mean, it kind of was the exclamation point was the playoff game. Allen Robinson was very difficult to defend. Uh, the fan- franchise postseason record, 10 for 143. He was very good in that game. Yeah, well, I think he lived up to everything we thought, just the body control and, and all those things. He's a big target. He gets run after the catch. He can make the acrobatic plays uh, down the sideline. And, you know, when you got a receiver like that, sometimes it, it may be covered, but you're going let it, to let it go. And I think Mitch, he, he got that confidence and that trust as the season went along, just knowing that Allen Robinson is always going to be a, a positive end to the end of the football Jeff on any and, play. Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller with you here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, 312 644 67 to Kalamazoo. Mike is on the line. Mike, how you doing tonight? Mike, you there? Yep. How y'all doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Thank you for asking. Just calling to see what y'all think the Bears should do with their first pick in the draft. I know it's a little early, but still hankering for some football talk. So <laughs> I got I'll you there, man. I got Appreciate you. There. You, you can't. You can't get enough of it. That's for sure. Well, I miss it already. I miss. I miss it. I well, do. the thing about it is, all right, you know, I have a couple interesting questions. I'm glad Mike brought it up. So the the combine is February 26th throughout the first couple of days of March, right? Right. Um, and then you have you know the four thinking about uh, you know the bear. It just seems every that they're going to stay with the third round pick. So that's what you have to go to. There's no thinking of any trade opportunities for the Bears. I don't know. What are you hearing? Nothing. nothing. (laughs) I'm just saying. So, you know, as we sit here and talk about the draft months in advance, you know, you still have to watch the combine and you're – you're thinking, you know, how many, you know, how many picks into the draft are you are you thinking here? Because you can't. There's no analytics that can have you pre-think the process where the Bears are going to pick oh, for, in the third round. They, yeah, no, exactly. But they'll have a pretty good idea of you know who might be available in a range, Jim. That's how they yeah. they work those boards. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going to keep going for best player available, aren't you? And 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 try and fill needs too, because there there are still some. And there are depth issues that you'd like to address, and you got to factor in free agency, which starts in uh, in the second week of March. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think there'll be big players in free agency, but if I think there's a player who's a right fit, I think we saw last year just how aggressive Ryan Pace was. You know, just because they went out and signed a couple of receivers, it didn't preclude the dra- uh, the Bears from drafting another wide receiver as Anthony Miller uh, w- was picked up. We know, like right now, if you just look at the Bears roster. You know, they re-signed Bobby Massey. Could offensive line be a targeted area? Uh, you'd think safety if they lose.
lose Adrian Amos in, in free agency. And I, don't, I believe a couple of tight ends aren't re-signed. You know, what's going to happen with Deion Sims and, and I believe uh, Broniker and those guys, and Brown, I think, are out of contract right now. So tight end, you would lean there. Because I'm a, I'm a big need guy. I think we, when the draft comes around, every time when I look at, at a draft after a team is selected, Nine times out of ten, they, they're drafting for need at a position that they didn't fill in free agency, and it becomes an area, another checkbox where they can fill out the entire roster. All right, Jim, uh, we had another call. This is from Gurney. James wants to talk a little offense. How are you doing tonight? Hey, fellas, really cool to be on the phone with you guys, man. My, uh, so really quickly, I just want to say you guys hit the nail right on the head. Really simple. This team next year is going to go as far as this offense goes. So we talked a little bit about going from 101 to 201. I think the 201 is just going to be coming to training camp, already knowing the terminology, so it might be a little bit easier to get to 301. So being 21st, I feel like these guys got to be in the top 12, if not the top 10, to make it to the playoffs. And nothing bad about Nagy. I love him, but I just hope his playoff, his call in that playoff game, his game plan was kind of iffy, so hopefully he can grow too. But it's exciting. It's awesome to be on the phone with Big Tom and Jim. I love watching you guys play, and I just listen to what you have to say. Have an awesome, awesome week, boys. Yeah, thanks, thanks, James. And I think what I'm looking at, I, I, I want to see how, you know, it, it was great what Coach Nagy did coming in and he obviously was demanding of the players. And, again, they were evaluating him as much as, you know, he was evaluating them. And just, you know, how hard is in demanding is going to be of this football team. And I hope he is demanding. And this team, we talked about the maturity of it. I hope they're demanding of themselves to push themselves further uh, beyond what they've already accomplished. And I think it, it, that has to be a, a shared vision by both. But I think the coach is the one who's got to put push the buttons to make it happen. I always say, everybody says, what comes player or first, player or the coach? I definitely think it's the coach. The coach comes first in order to make it happen. That's why Bill Belichick just won a six-world championship. That coach knows how to push all the buttons to be demanding of the players and hold them accountable to reach the heights. that. They and I think he in. does. Well, you know what? The, the, the key here is, is that when you push all the coaches out of the locker room and you only have the players, the most important guy in that locker room, I believe, is Mitchell Trubisky. And I still think he pushes his buttons as much as he does any other player inside that locker room. And that's the key ingredient, Jim, because when you talk about the lengthy success of Belichick, you know, you got to see who's riding in a sidecar the whole time. And, you know, I know that he's done good things with other quarterbacks who have stepped in for Brady in the moment of need. But Brady's the Super Bowl guy that, you know, is a lot hopefully going to develop into the relationship of Matt and Mitchell. Uh, And and it has to leave that continuity remaining. I'm glad to see offensive coaches are all remaining. Nobody's moving on. I, I just that that chemistry is critical, and I, you need it to grow. And it doesn't just take a year or two. And there will be hurdles still to climb. Uh, and this is for the whole offense. I mean, you got young guys, young skill position players, and an offensive line that is intact. That is, is it is going to take a, a big jump. And and I believe Matt when and I interviewed him after the uh, honors night the other night, Jim, and I'm sure you did as well. Um, he's got his ducks in a row already what the messaging will be for 2019 you're still going to be you you're still going to be obsessed but there'll be new things to undress and to to reveal to the players when they meet for the first time on april 15th or something like that with their first team meeting you got to keep it fresh and he does keep he keeps it exciting and he keeps it fun and he does keep it challenging we see what kind of coach he is on the practice field during training camp 
And that guy's fiery, man. Well, I, I just think, you know, every year there's just the ebb and flows of the season. Here, you know, you get Cleo Mack. He unfortunately has the ankle injury. Then he's got to sit two games. And what Allen Robinson, he missed it, had to sit down a, a couple of games. And, and that's really what it is. How do you adjust through all those periods where some guys are banged up? Uh, you know, your team's a little beat up. Can you practice as hard? Can you push through it? And, you know, all the other things that could, you know, potentially be distractions for a team. you got to deal with all that. And I, I thought he was masterful with how he did it and, and did it with ease and, and looked good doing it. I mean, that's for sure. He definitely had the heartbeat and feel of his team and where they were each and every single week. You know, I, what I like about Matt, he doesn't have these pre-made-up messages that he's going to deliver, deliver when he thinks the time is right. He talks about his messages have something to do with what that's something relevant in the moment. And so he's not putting in these ideas or having these pre-speeches given to these players that are are smarter than just listening right, to something like that's that. That's the agenda every week. Yeah. First team exactly. meeting, you know, exactly. th- there we go. Yep. And that's the theme of the By week. By what's happening in the moment. Exactly. And yeah. the theme is, it's all, it's always, I can't wait to hear it every week. Like, I, I want, I'm curious where it goes. And sometimes it's unpredictable. Get the Bears app. Sometimes it's, it's predictable. <laughs> that's Tom Thayer, ever the marketer right here. With Jim Miller here on Bears All Access. Take your phone calls when we come back. 312-644-6767. Adam Szynski and Herb Lawrence, our producers here tonight. Thanks for listening, everybody. Back back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And welcome back here to Bears All Access. Uh, escape the cold and head to the Rio Palace, Costa Majeris, and Cancun with your favorite Bears players, including Prince of Mukamar, Tom, I can already, Smith, I can already smell your sunscreen. Bilal Nichols, plus inside the Bears hosts Lawrence Greeden and Anthony Adams. Visit applevacations.com slash Bears to book today. I don't see my I name on that list. You. Jim, do you see my I, I didn't say my name. I, I yes, you've already no, admitted to it yeah, on I know, the show. I'm going. I'm going. I'm okay. just hoping for no more beach uh, mishaps. That's you know, if there is, I need to hear the story right away. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm I'm basically Charlie Brown, so anything can happen. That's an anything can happen kind of trip, that's for sure. But looking forward to it. Some great Bears fans uh, headed down there to Mexico. It'll be the first time I've ever been to Mexico. Any advice, fellas? Take your shirt off. <laughs> bottled water. Yeah, bottled water. <laughs> there you Indeed, go. Indeed, bottled water. You know, I uh, Jim was uh, Jim's big time. You know, at, at, at Sirius XM NFL Radio, yes. and he gets all the the, the big guys. He yes. sits down with Bill Belichick. He sits down with Tom Brady. So we're in the and Jim. You, you saw me there. I looked a little frazzled in the post uh, Super Bowl media craze. They were very particular on how they were going to shuffle people in and out of the Patriots and um, uh, the the interview rooms. And you couldn't go into the MVP room because once you go in to hear the Belichick and Brady press conferences and and uh, Julian Edelman, you aren't allowed to leave. So you were stuck. So you you whisk by me and Tom Brady's on your hip pocket. And yeah. I just I was like, he goes, "Hey Jeff, how are things going?" And I was just like, kind of phased by it all, but. Uh, <laughs> How, how was Tom after that? He's great. You know, I, I think he he and Bill, and it is. Once you're a, a Patriot and a part of that team and that organization, you, you're always a part of it. And they're, they're always so gracious uh, with their time. And and Tom took a few minutes to, to join SiriusXM NFL Radio. And, you know, and is, is true today is what he was uh, as a teammate back in 2004. Treats everybody the same. And I think any player on that roster today would say the same thing. The guy's, you know, he's just an amazing teammate uh, to play with. Works extremely hard. Um, 
you know, expects a lot out of his teammates, but they see how hard he works uh, to get where he's at and, and to win games. And it truly is about winning with that organization. How many times, you know, here, I thought it was great. Bill Belichick wins the sixth world championship award right away. He's he's flattered to be with with Papa Hallison and Curly Lambeau with what that what they accomplished because they accomplished six world changes. Said even to be in their class because uh, I believe uh, you know growing up uh, Bill Belichick watched a lot of the Chicago Bears, but right away that was one of his first comments to be like, hey, to be with those two guys is just really flattering uh, to be in the National Football League with those greats. Yeah, and you know if I hear one more about how boring the game was, I might pull my hair out because and I heard it today from one of the people here I work with. And uh, to me, I love the strategy of it all. I love defense. I love running the football. I always will. It's in my blood. I, I just love it. And the strategy of the whole thing, how they came out and the, how they did. And, I, you know, you sit there watching. I don't know if you guys watch it this way. I watch and think how the Bears are defending Whoa. each of these teams or how they're attacking each of these teams, too, because I, I felt – they would have been extremely competitive, been an interesting situation. I think the reflection of a lot of people to the Super Bowl is they're not really football fans that are watching the game because it's the Super Bowl. And then when you have that type of score and a little bit of sloppiness early in the game with the interception by Brady and stuff, that's their reflection of the game. But the true people that enjoy football for everything it can offer you from the 50-point game in the regular season to this you know, game they score in the single digits. You know, there's a. I, I just think the people that aren't really true football fans don't appreciate it as much as is the high profile scoring games. And it's just the subtle adjustments. One for Bill Belichick, and I, I brought it up uh, on air. Danny Shelton basically didn't even dress the last month of the year for the preacher. I don't think he played. And here he had a big tackle part for that, loss. Yeah, he had the big play right. in the game, and and just those subtle adjustments. A lot of teams would go forty-two nickel against the Rams. The Patriots ended up running like a fifty-one. All they did, they had their nickel personnel, but they just walked one of their linebackers up on the on the line to just say, "Hey, we're setting the edge. Your outside zone run game is not going to be there, and we're going to put it all on golf." And I thought, and they just constantly mixed in their coverages. From combo coverages to man to zone, and uh, that's why I think Jared Goff was just a a step slow. And I just think from the Rams' standpoint, when they don't run a lot of, you know, twelve personnel, they're an eleven personnel team. They were over eighty percent in eleven personnel, and finally towards the end of the half and more towards the second half, they went to twelve to try and help out their run game a little bit. And it's just not who they are. And I think why they struggled in the game. But you're kind of right, Jeff, because I think it's how the game's branded now or how they train fans. I think anybody under 30, I, I just don't think really appreciate those those subtleties about defense. I think they're trained for offense, offense, high scoring, because that's how it's kind of been uh, over the past couple of years, especially from college to now how the pro, pro game has gone a little bit more high scoring as well. So do you take some of that and use it against the Rams in 2019 when you got to go out to uh... – Southern California to play the Rams next year when you're the Bears. There's always a lesson to be yeah. learned from every time. You know, I, I, give, I want to give you an, an example because after the Super Bowl, we played the Washington Redskins in the playoff, and the, for the entire season, the Washington Redskins played a defense where they had four down defensive linemen, then the linebackers and the defensive backs. Then we played them in a playoff game, and all of a sudden they played five man defensive line, and that's not what we are prepared for. And it's hard to make immediate adjustments against something you haven't seen all season. And then how you going to construct your pass protection, where your vulnerabilities are going to lie. And a lot of that was a factor in why we lost that game because um, we weren't ready for, the, for the, a completely different defensive style change that immediate.
Well, you got to be ready for anything, you yeah. know. And, and, you but know, and that's it, you know. I know, but you know, it's interesting to talk about Mitch in this way, or or even the defense, uh, you know, with Chuck Pagano coordinating it, and how subtly different things might be, and how they'll be attacked after a year of tape on these guys, and Khalil Mack settling in, and all these other variables. Is that these guys haven't seen everything yet in their careers? The the younger guys, you know. Mitch certainly has seen a lot, but he hasn't seen everything right, yet. Right. Pat Mahomes hasn't seen everything yet. Deshaun Watson hasn't seen everything yet. Tom Brady has seen everything and beyond. So he's ready for anything. It's these younger quarterbacks but, and, and against yeah. these great defensive minds and a, a mind like Belichick. You know, it, it wasn't too unsurprising to me that it was going to be a struggle. It wasn't necessarily not going to eventually kick in at some point. And at times in that game, Goff did catch a little rhythm and catch a little fire and things could have been different. The pass that was knocked away by McCourty in the yeah. end zone could have been a touchdown. They but, missed a field goal. Yeah, they, they missed a right, field goal. Two drop so. touchdowns. So it's not like the Rams played poorly, that poorly, where they couldn't have won the game. I, I'm with you. And Wade was – Brady is 9-3 and all-time against Wade Phillips. But you want to know what Wade does in the games? Typically, the average is he gets to Tom two times where he's uh, able to sack him. And he's always averaged one turnover. How about the first drive? The, the uh, Patriots are going right down, and Wade Phillips got him with what I call a two-trap. The corner's off, and all of a sudden at the snap of the ball, the corner comes up hard, guy goes to the safety position, and that's what it is. Tom thought, oh, it's going to be off coverage. I'll just throw it out there to the side, and he got trapped. That's why they call it two-trap, and they got the interception. I think Wade, I mean, they were right there with what they did defensively as well. Like you said, one red zone snap. Granted, the Patriots missed a field goal as well, but, man, that was I thought it was just an awesome game to watch, just the cat and mouse of it all. This is Bears All Access. It's presented by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak and Tom there, along with Jim Miller, 312-644-6767. Let's go back to Matt Nagy winning Coach of the Year. Uh, just being at the, the honors night and watching him up there, except that, quick to point out, it's not just my award. He did give a lot of credit to his coaching staff, and that coaching staff really impressed us this year. They're, they're outstanding teachers. Yes, we get a bunch of new defensive guys uh, that we're going to we'll learn. We're going to learn what they're all about. But they are, are, are veterans for the most part, veteran experience and successful wherever they've been. Um, that, that, to me, is also one of the underrated, the untold stories is just how prepared, and you brought it up a thousand times, Tom, how prepared this team was for every possible scenario and for every potential player that had to get on the field and be asked to make a play. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of it's kind of funny because we had a lot of questions that came up during training camp. Like, why aren't these guys playing? This is a new system. Why are they? Is this the right decisions for these guys? And I think that's one of the things that benefited the football team is that everybody was prepared when their number was called, whether it was for a long period of time, like James Daniels, or it was just for. A, a, I'm not sure. Gumanis coming in there. And doing the job right. of nickel, you know. Right. You know, all, all the guys, DeAndre Houston Carson had to show up at a certain time. All right, we're going to take a break here. Again, 312-644-6767. Adam Staczynski, Herb Lawrence, our producers. Jim Miller in Michigan. Jeff and Tom here in Chicago on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Hey, this week on Inside the Bears, Cody Whitehair and Charles Leno Jr., the Pro Bowlers Tour, Universal Orlando Resort. They're going to hang with uh, T-Rex and Transformers. Sounds like Tom's weekends. <laughs> Inside the Bears airs Saturdays at 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at ChicagoBears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. I didn't ad-lib that. They wrote that in there, Tom. 
That's really? Dan Barilli for you. Oh, thanks, Dan. Our big executive producer and Jordan Treadup. Anyway, uh, back with you here uh, on Bears All Access, uh, brought to you by IGS Energy, 312-644-6767. Going to look at the Bears. We had Alan Robinson on earlier tonight. We probably should have got into the, uh, the rest of the receiving core a little bit. You know, we'll be doing this throughout the, the offseason, and it'll go fast. We'll start. We'll do these position evaluations in these groups, but that receiver position is critically important to that next step for the offense. Um, these guys are veterans, but everybody learned it at once, so they don't know all the ins and outs yet either, even though they've been in the league in a while. But he's your, he's your guy. Adam Ro- Alan Robinson's your guy. I, I want to see more red zone opportunities for him because he's a red zone touchdown machine when he gets going. Bulk of his inter, uh, touchdowns have been in the red zone. And then you got Taylor Gabriel at one game with touchdowns, two against uh, an opponent. Miami. Yeah, my, the Miami game. But, you know, that guy, if you can get, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Def, get that game breaking going on, Jim, uh, and Jim and Tom. And Javon then, you Wims. Know, the development of Anthony Miller to take that next step and, and really learn how to play the game and Javon Wims getting but, opportunities. You know, all everything that you're talking about that receiver position a couple of weeks ago doing crosstalk with Mac and Perks, they asked me, what's my biggest concern of offense? And to me, it's tight end because I'm a little nervous of the, um, you know, the experience. Well, I'm a, I'm a little nervous because Adam Shaheen has got to be able to have a healthy off season where he develops a little, you know, a little bit of strength and a little power durability is able to stay on the field and become the weapon that he's capable of being downfield. And I still think there's a lot for Trey Burton. You know, I, I don't think he's really scratched the surface of what he should be included in this offense when you see the results of other players at the same style position. So it, all the receivers we're talking about, it, it's weird. My, I, my biggest concern for the whole offense is the tight end position. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and I brought it up, you know, because they could probably, you know, if they move on from, from Deion Sims, you'd like to think Adam, Machine, Adam Shaheen is going to get more opportunities as an inline, inline blocker, you know, all the stuff that kind of Gronkowski does. He does inline, they can put him outside, flex him outside the numbers, all those type of things. We have we kind of have yet to see that materialize uh, for Adam Shaheen. We know he's got a ton of talent. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but he has the foot injury uh, early. That has a setback from, from that standpoint. And I think for Anthony Miller uh, as well, for him you know now he's got the the shoulder surgery hopefully he can heal up and accelerate his curve because I think he is capable of so much more with what he was going to bring there off and I, I expected him to have a bigger impact this year than he did he still played and showed his toughness and all those things and and made great plays I'm not saying that that he didn't but I think he's capable of much more and I think that shoulder really was a setback for him personally yeah and uh back to Shaheen though you know you see everything that you'd want right, right. you see it right there so Third year, usually a takeoff year if you're going to really start to make an impact in the league. You know, with another offseason of weight training, like you, you said, Tom, what difference does that make for you? Both of you guys can weigh in on this one. And what areas are we talking about? Legs, lower body, Every, everything, the, the whole structure of your human body. You know, it's like Clyde Emmerich always says, you can't shoot a cannon from a canoe. So that means your legs have to be equally as important as your upper body. And it is an overall, overall structure for him. And he is an athlete and he needs the athleticism. So they, they do a lot of counter training to help a guy like Adam Shaheen. And, you know, when you see what Gronkowski was able to contribute in the blocking area in the late portion of the season. There's a significant amount of strength and technique that goes along with that. So, I mean, Adam Shaheen still has full development ahead of him. It's probably a little premature to, you know, say, oh, you know, he doesn't have the ability. He's got all the abilities in the world. The only thing I don't want to see him do is I don't want to see him 
get a, a shovel pass again because <laughs> I just think he, he's too big, he's too tall, he's too noticeable when he's in motion, and um, I just think that's something for Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, those types of players. Yeah, and again, he's from Ashland College, so you know, yeah, this offense is is pretty complicated. What he's running right now, you know, it's a new system. They're gonna have to learn. I think he's gonna be a lot better. And I'm with I'm with Tom. You know, he's he's got to get in the weight room, get stronger, and hey. No one's stopping you from going out and hitting the sled. How about that, Tom? That'll get us blocking up the par and where, where it needs to be. So go push the sled a little bit. That'll get your legs and hips strong. I agree. Those are, there's always those tools out in the practice field that, you know, I, I think someone, you know, when we were talking maybe to Charles Leno, how he was bragging about how James Daniels was willing to stay on the practice field after practice in his pads and continue to do work out there. I think if you're a young guy and you're as dedicated as what the the Bears expect you to be, you, you got to do that. You're willing to do that on your own. Well, you know, that's a locker room full of guys that love the game, so yep. you're not going to have a hard time getting these guys to work. Uh, this is a, a situation that um, obviously Ryan Pace has looked to enhance and want guys that love the game, and, and it is all about, you know, that guy next to you and the overall uh, goals of, of the team, the, the, the mission statement, so to speak, and I think they're in a really good place that way. So when guys are coming in, even the young guys are going to be able to say, hey, this is how we do it here. Yeah, I, I saw that there was a stat that the NFL is getting even younger. And here the Bears went from one of the oldest rosters to one of the youngest rosters. But yet, again, I, I think it is. It's identifying the right right players with the right character and, and the right traits. Because as young as this team is, they display a level of maturity. You know, because you could argue, I mean, those teams even a few years ago, they had veteran players on it. But yet I consider this team more more mature of the 2018 Bears than, say, a team three years ago of the Chicago Bears. They're much more mature about going about their business. Yes, and I, I would agree with that. I mean, the, the, these guys that uh, have been here in their past, they had great talent and whatnot, but sometimes the agendas weren't all in line, and that's that's the worst part uh, of a talented team. If, if you got a talented team and the agenda isn't right, you're not going to win. Right. You know, and too, they, they made a good decision and um, when that all started with the weight room at the beginning because you have to create a positive atmosphere and a position to, and create these guys and put in a position of confidence through the gains they make in there. And I think it's as important from that portion to start the season. It is if you're lining up to play a playoff or Super Bowl game. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Time to hop on. In our final 15 minutes of tonight's show, we're off at 7 o'clock. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller on Bears All Access. Uh, look a little bit to the combine here in a couple weeks, fellas. And, Jim, you're, I know you're already doing a, extensive research on that. I'm just getting started on that part of, it, of the process. But I was kind of blown away today when it was listed how many combine invites came from only a select group of schools. So out of 24 programs, right, 184 of the 337 invites are from 24 schools. Yeah, now, I think, maybe I shouldn't be surprised at that, but it kind of took me by surprise. Is this one shocking? Clemson and Alabama have the most. <laughs> That's not shocking. <laughs> not I mean, at all. I, they're double digit for, for both of those schools. But, yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's a part of it. You know, I think it's it's tough. And there are some guys that aren't even getting invited, you know, due to some off-the-field issues, and, and we know about that. But, yeah, you know, it's all about the, the Power Five. I, I think we, everybody understands that uh, right now. You'll get some select guy select guys excuse me from from smaller schools but uh to get those invites will be was i think there's a total of 330 normally that pretty much get the invites to to go to the combine and 
you know, you're lucky even if, you know, some of the guys that get elected, like, say, a, an extra arm for the quarterbacks when you're throwing to the receivers, some select guys around the country will get invites for that, just hoping to get a look, but will not be in the actual workouts competing with the quarterback. So, you know, it's you got to make the most of it. You know, it's just another piece to the puzzle. Players take it, uh, should take it seriously. I know it's a lot of it's canned answers and, and things like that, but I thought it was interesting down at the Senior Bowl that every GM that I talked to is like, no, it's really not about making the player comfortable in the interview. They want you uncomfortable and put a player in an uncomfortable position because that's a lot of times where you're going to be in a, in a game. And so, and they, they feel it's pretty easy now, even though all these players are, are pretty much coached heading in there, that they get all the information that they need because you can always throw a curveball that can maybe hey, on a player. Let me give you guys both a scenario because it's going to come up for the first time in the history of your lives. Okay. The history? Yeah, in the history of your lives. So <laughs> I'm going to give you a guy that um, is a flash in the pan at the combine. You know, his numbers, looks interesting, looks good in shorts and stuff. And then I'm going to give you a guy that's in the Alliance Football League that really looks good in pads, on tape, in full contact of actual football. Where are you going to go with it? Because never in the scouting of the NFL has there been that type of process of scouting. Now what are you thinking about a kid that's running this in college with no experience? Well, what about NFL Europe when we had NFL Europe? I mean, guys made rosters that way. Right. But I but I, I think there's more exposure to um, direct U.S. soil opportunity of NFL coaches that are trying to develop talent for yeah, opportunities when, you, when the season ends in April and they can go right into it. Let's pick it up on the other side of this break. We'll pick up that conversation. Tom Thayer, the... Uh, the conversation starter right there with Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And Tom Thayer with you. Your mic wasn't on. It says red right here. 312-6767. Uh, and we bring in Jim Miller as well. All right, picking up after the commercial break. Tom brought up the idea of possibly pulling guys off the Alliance of American Football, which gets started on the weekend, and would you weigh that versus what your concerns are on the draft? You're always going to want They're to They're coinciding, in- though, you know, because being in the USFL was a little bit different. That's the league that you are committed to here. It's a possibility of developmenting these guys for NFL opportunities. Right, yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Well, well there's, I mean, just even look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, just how they were built. You know, I think 23 guys out of the out of the 53 for the New England Patriots were were guys outside of that building that they targeted. You know, whether it's street free agents, undrafted free agents, those type of guys that that Bill Belichick uh, were able to get. And think of all the traits. I mean, think of Danny Shelton. I mean, that's a former first round flameout for the Cleveland Browns. Ends up playing big uh, for the New England Patriots. And that was a player that was brought on via trade. Same can be said. Uh, for the Rams, I mean, look at all the traded players or other guys that they brought in from Brandon Cooks, who was traded twice from uh, New Orleans to New England, then traded to the Rams. Or you bring on a, a free agent like Mdama Kansu, former first-round pick, Akib Talib, uh they acquired, and it just goes on and on and on and how those teams are built. So I think you scour everything from street, street, street free agents, undrafted free agents, because nine times out of ten, those guys are going to be huge contributors as well. Think about the starting center as a rookie for the Patriots, David Andrews. Now he's going on a, uh, like his fourth year. That guy was an undrafted free agent, starting center for the New England Patriots over the past four seasons. Uh, Bears are going to be creative. They, I mean, they already got three Canadian Football League players uh, on yeah. their roster now to reserve futures deals. So 
it, it would as I'm trying to get ready for the draft now, you get so enamored with first and second round, right? But now you know that that's not likely to be the case unless they do something crazy. But guys are going to fall out of the first to fall out of the second, right. maybe into your lap a little bit. Um, just from my own analysis, it's it's such a hard thing to do to start now picking through guys will be third, fourth, fifth round guys that you need to be on your roster. Um, and you wonder if how a general manager handles that. Well, you know bit, what? You know? A general manager is going to be able to handle it because they're a little bit more secure in the in the football team that they have right now. It's not like they're at the bottom of the barrel trying to pick their way up back to the top. All they need to do is pick and choose a couple of pieces to come onto this football team that was talented at the end of the season. So there, it's not – they're very fortunate that they're not in a desperate scenario. Yeah, and just again, you you kind of tend to trust. I know you're you're going to have your share of misses, but just look at you know Jordan Howard. There's a fifth round pick out of out of Indiana. You know, you look at uh, you know other guys, Eddie Jackson. There's a fourth round pick that they selected out of Alabama. You know, these guys have been impactful players. How about Isaiah Irving? You know, that guy's a college free agent, or even Kylie Fitz who's going to. How about Blau Nichols, fifth round pick? Uh, of the Bears, so you Drake. know it's in the wheelhouse. You know when you're selecting in the third, fourth, and and fifth rounds, and and you know you you trust and have faith that Ryan Pace uh, has hit on some of those picks because they've been huge contributors that he's picked up in the draft. Yeah, it's it's a common theme that these guys are a lifeblood of your football team as you build over the course of right. time. You know you only can have so many first round picks. And uh, those, as we know, are a 50-50 bet most of the time. Right. You know, you got Jimbo and Keith Van Horn were both first-rounders. And then you got Bortzi and that converted defensive lineman, Jay, an undrafted free agent, and, and me, uh, a fourth-rounder from the USFL. So Another thought about that. So uh, the offensive line coming back intact. Right. Everybody's signed, sealed, ready to go as they begin their second year in this system. But guys like Kyle Long and, and Leno and Massey have played together for a while here now. Cody, three years as well. How do you approach that next phase as you begin the process as a veteran offensive line? Where do you get better every day at this point? Like how, how does that work now versus when they first started? You know, offensive, you were on a veteran offensive and defensive lineman, there's so much specific fundamentals and techniques in which you need to sharpen every single day, no matter how long you play the game. So just positive reinforcement from your position coach is the most important thing for every one of these guys. I think Rogers on the defensive line uh, side of the ball, he has these guys go through these drills each and every day, no matter if you're not good enough. You're you're good enough to do the drills again, and I just think you can, um, you know, just continues to sharpen it and and add an element to this offensive line that they haven't had this consistency for a while. And you, you got to believe for Harry Heastan. I don't know what techniques or, or drills that he use, utilized. I'm sure there were some new things even for the older players that that they could pick up. Certainly, a lot of it was probably new for James Daniels, just being a second round pick and how he was able to come in and perform. So I think he's going to continue to get better. But I think even for those veterans, it was you know some probably new things that that have approached them that haven't become rote memory in terms of the techniques. And I would think they'll be better. You know, with with James too, I still think you need to investigate. Is he best fit for guard, or could he be a dominant Pro Bowl center? And I think it's unique that Cody has the ability to move anywhere, but I still think there needs to be a decision made what's the best fit for James and his longevity here in the NFL. Hmm. All right, well, real quick before we take off here, uh, is the alliance going to work, Jim? Yeah, I think it'll work. Uh, they're already, you know, they got the games they'll be broadcasted, and the, you can hear them on Sirius XM NFL Radio, and you'll see them on TV as well. And the, as Tom said, 
a lot of it's going to be a pecking ground for a lot of NFL teams that will be scouting those uh, that that league for the players that are there. And Coach Stoops back in business in the XFL, which is spring of 2020. So you'll be hearing a lot of big-name coaches, I'd imagine, finding their way back on the sidelines in the NFL. That's going to wrap us up for tonight. For Jim Miller and Tom Thayer and our guest, Alan Robinson, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, as always, to Adam Stasinski and Herb Lawrence, our producers. Have a great night, everybody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford.